Hello you. Welcome to this space. I'm your host Ruth and this is No Time for Small Talk. The podcast where we unpack the more complex and deeper aspects of life and explore taboo topics with curiosity and open discussion. We will be delving into mental and physical health, addiction, trauma, birth, death, and pretty much anything else we can dive to the depths of. If you have found your way here, I'm sure you are searching for something deeper, and I hope these conversations provide you with enlightening perspectives, comfort, education, and a smile or two. So wherever you are listening, welcome and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Time for Small Talk. I'm back today with a solo episode and this is a really exciting and somewhat nerve-wracking episode that I'm about to record today. Today I wanted to speak to you with the question of has feminism negatively impacted our feminine nature? And so it's a pretty big topic and it's a pretty big question. And to start this off, I thought that we would do a little bit of a conversation around what is femininity and what is feminism. So I guess at the basic level, femininity really is a set of roles um, and behaviours that people attribute to being a woman or a girl. But also femininity has nothing to do with gender. You know, femininity is a way of being. It is... um, a part of being a woman but also part of being a man everyone every one of us woman female or male contains both feminine parts and masculine parts and so I guess a lot of what is femininity is surrounded by behavior and kind of social interactions which are learned at a really early age and that are then reinforced throughout life but I guess on the deepest level, femininity is really about being soft, about being slow, about embracing nothingness and embracing expansiveness. It's about, you know, slowing down and tuning in and exploring kind of the inner world rather than the outer world it's about really leaning into that nurturing caring um, conscious soft parts of ourselves and it's really that deeper emotional and not necessarily emotional in the way that it's sort of portrayed sometimes of like this emotional you're very emotional like in a negative but but actually being able to have the ability to tap into our emotions and really tune into our emotions and tune into how we feel and tune into our bodies and tune into our cycles and and that ability to really listen and deeply honor ourselves and you know there's but there's so much more to femininity but I guess if we keep it as sort of simple as I can keep it in this way, um, that would be my description. So then 
when we look at masculinity, it's really in ways the opposite of that. So it's about the external world. It's about kind of validation and striving for things outside of you and setting goals and achieving goals and kind of pushing and striving and, um, you know, being really ambitious and um, being like the kind of standard masculine traits would be like being really tough and being really strong and kind of not showing your emotions and and um shutting shutting off that sort of softer part of you and um striving for greatness and kind of um that more fast paced go 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 sort of um get everything done mindset I guess you could say so Again, that's very, very simple terms and I'm nowhere near covering everything. Um, and as I said, there we all have the masculine and the feminine within all of us. But in general, <clears throat> one will pre- present a little bit more than the other, whether it's in a male or a female. Generally, we'll have a little bit more of the feminine or a little bit more of the masculine. And we can also lean into, tap into and turn on sort of more of whichever one we choose to with practice and then if we kind of look at the sacred feminine or the divine feminine the standard wording of that is it kind of describes our connection to the mother goddess so it's this kind of strong internal power that really gives us life and and gives us fills us with sort of joy And it's often associated with kindness and compassion and the fire inside of each of us that is just so much bigger than kind of what you see on the outside. Um, And I guess the sacred or the divine feminine is really holding the value of what it means to be a woman um, and to exist in the female form and it's understanding the innate power of what that is Um, and understanding the innate power of sort of being a divine feminine goddess if you if you want to say it that way Um, it is really about trusting honoring deeply acknowledging the female body in all of its greatness, how amazing women are and basically how the world wouldn't exist without women. Um, And it's really showing this depth of the female form and depth of femininity and being a woman in the world. Um, And and a big part of as well, honouring the divine feminine or the sacred feminine is really honoring and paying attention to mother nature which is nature all around us so it's being willing to view the world as just a great extension of this feminine nature of this soft creative joyous energy and it's honoring that and it's wanting to really support um, mother nature to thrive so it's really caring about the environment and showing that care And so then when we go back to speaking about masculinity, you know, we've got 
masculinity which I've kind of touched on and then we've got sort of the toxic um, or false masculine traits which are that really um, you know angry abusive kind of suffering force that comes through and again when we speak about this it can be in both male and female but that's sort of that toxic masculinity where it's and that sort of sense of dominating and really um, forceful like you know wars and hate and kind of excess materialism that's all kind of coming out of the false or the um, toxic masculine traits um, and then when we look at kind of the true or the sacred masculinity it's about confidence without arrogance it's about rational thinking it's about um, it's about stability strength courage you know, it's about really being strong in who you are and going towards what you want and what you choose for your life with kind of rational mind, but without control and without this sort of undercurrent of um, doing others over or being better than others. And so there's sort of this polarity between them both. And also there's this importance in both. So another part of this sort of true or the divine feminine is really entrenched with intuition. And so it's really trusting self, trusting your heart, um, you know, trusting the creative nature, the life-giving force that's within us. And again, this is on both sides. So um, getting in touch with the divine masculine in a male will also then allow you to get more in touch with the divine feminine and likewise in opposite sexes. So as I said, this is all very, very basic and there's only so much I can get into for the intro to just kind of begin to discuss this, um, you know, this talk. The thing about the sacred masculinity and the sacred femininity is that they really work together. So they work within balance and within flow within one another. So a, a man who is showing up in his divine masculine, sacred masculine, is so potent for a woman to begin to drop into and allow herself to drop into the sacred femininity and that softer side and that more intuitive creative flowing side because she has trust in knowing that she is safe and trust in knowing that she is heard and that she is deeply honored and likewise a woman who is then really soft and and this doesn't mean that we can't also hold those parts that are you know go-getting and achieving and wanting to experience the world and wanting to get out and learn things and and create businesses and do all these things it doesn't mean that but it means when you hold the essence of your true divine feminine nature you can then go out and explore those other things from that place and tap into the divine masculine which allows you to really be logical and move into the world and and push and do and achieve those goals that you want to achieve but in a healthier flowing way and so what I was saying is then when a man feels really supported to be his complete 
sacred masculine self to be present, to be seen, to be strong but in a non-controlling way when he is allowed to show up and be his full self and know he has the support of a woman that then twofold allows him to continue to stay in that sacred masculine and so then when we talk about feminism feminism is such a huge huge topic and essentially feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes so that's basically meaning the premise that male and female are equal and women should essentially be allowed to do anything that men can do and it's basically you know the equality for women so at the at the deepest sense, feminism makes perfect sense. We wanted equality for women. Women needed equality. Women were really repressed in societies for so many years. And women were, you know, not allowed to work. Women's rights were really, really not valued. Women were told that they needed to be in the home. Their role in their job was basically having children staying in the home looking after their husband you know um women were not allowed to study we're not allowed to vote we're not allowed to um, go out to social events we're not allowed to own businesses women at one point in time were considered the property of their husband worldwide and so of course feminism has had such an important role to play in women's rights and in women being involved in the world in the way we should have always been allowed to be. Of course, feminism, the roots of feminism really deeply have impacted women for the positive and we can't deny that. However, unfortunately, it seems that the role of feminism has kind of taken a turn to now actually be negatively impacting women. And so this idea that in the past women, their role was to stay at home, you know, their role was to have children, to stay at home, to look after their home, to look after their husband, that is their role and you can do no more because that is what we tell you that you have to do. And now you see many, many years later, that we have this big returning to that way of life for many women. So we have women who are actively choosing to stay at home with their children, to be the primary caregiver, to not send their children out to childcare or schools and to, you know, take pride in that really taking care of the home and honouring the home. And unfortunately, now we are finding ourselves in a situation where many, many women are being really shamed into wanting to choose this life because it's almost this idea of we worked so hard to get out of it. How could you go and accept just that for your life? And so it's interesting how now something that once really supported women and supported women's equality and women's rights 
is now in a way being used to shame women and to put women down and tell them that their right to choose what they want to do is no longer valid unless it looks like a quote-unquote man's role in the world. Now, I say that very loosely, but I'm meaning from the past. So, you know, in the past, it was very much the male-oriented role to go out to work, to work all day, to strive, to be away from the family. Now, women that are choosing that, which is perfectly fine if that's the choice, are being repraised. And women that are choosing not to have that and are choosing to really prioritise, say, family or staying at home or looking after the home are being penalised and are being shamed. So it's interesting because we are now sort of beginning to reject women's rights again, women's rights to choose. Now, the other part of this is that women have fought for this right to independence and to be their own person, to be your own woman, which is beautiful. Again, that right needed to come. Women needed independence. Women needed to be able to make their own decisions, be who they wanted to be, show up in the world in the way they choose. However, now, once again, that is what's being praised. So women who are fiercely independent, women who are choosing not to have partners, choosing not to have children, choosing not to have sort of that um, connection or that dependence on a partnership are being really, really praised. And then on the flip side, women who are wanting to find love or find a partnership or create a family or you know work in that in that conscious dependence and um dependability and knowing that my partner can depend on me and I can depend on my partner are again beginning to be shamed and it's beginning to be really really um, praised once again if you are hyper independent and could do everything on your own and choose to do everything on your own choose to earn all your own money buy your own home you know do everything for yourself make your own rules not commit to a one long-term partner and again many women now who are choosing the opposite which could be seen as the quote-unquote traditional role even if it's in a more conscious sacred union kind of a way are being shamed for wanting that dependence for wanting that stability and for wanting that to share a life with someone and to share in decision making making share in choices so it's really interesting how it's been sort of flipped around so for a few minutes now I would like to speak a little bit on my own experience of all of this and so for me essentially growing up my family home was already quite different to what the norm was so my mum has always had a business she was out working all the time my dad was the one that stayed home with us as kids he was the one in the home and that stayed that way until my dad moved out and then we lived primarily with my mum and for me the interesting part is that I've never felt that I have had a real strong feminine role model in the sense that even though my father was the one who was at home doing the quote-unquote feminine role, you know, cooking and cleaning and looking after kids in that sense, 
he is a very masculine kind of a man. There weren't that many kind of opportunities for dropping into that feminine nature and that really soft side. Yes, he can be someone you can talk to and someone who you can share with, but more often than not, he is really deeply entrenched in that masculine energy. And then on the other side, I had my mum who really has embodied for her life more of the masculine in in a female form. So she has always had to be very self-reliant. She's always had to learn to look after herself, be very independent. And then she went out into the workforce, into a very male-dominated field. She started a business and she was the main breadwinner for our family. So she really stepped into that more masculine role. And I know she'll say it herself that she has always struggled to really drop into that feminine nature, that softer side, that real... um you know, soft, caring, compassionate support, that more feminine nature. And so for me, I grew up with a real lack of a feminine role model in my life. And so what that meant for me was growing up and into my teenage years and into my adulthood, I really lacked a strong feminine role model in my life. And so for me, the impact of that was, I guess I sort of mirrored what I saw. So I mirrored the importance of being very independent, of learning to stand on my own two feet, of making my own decisions, of going out and getting whatever I needed for myself. You know, I learned really early on to kind of shut down my emotions and to not really share and to not really speak and to sort of devalue the softer side of what it meant to be a woman you know I've spoke about in in previous episodes I was very disconnected from my menstrual cycle I was very disconnected from my body um I struggled a lot with some disordered eating I really struggled to connect with and share about my emotions or my inner world what was going on for me and I did really put an emphasis and an importance on my outer world so you know about getting out and working and about doing 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 going 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 studying working um learning and socializing and and kind of constantly on this wheel of going 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 and never really checking in and being and never really feeling and I guess it was sort of like I began to really reject the feminine and I really began to reject one the feminine nature and two the feminine role so for me I grew up in a home where my mum was actively not the sort of that mum who is always at home and is waiting for you when you finish school and has your dinner and some cookies made for you and sits you down and talks to you about your day and and that's again no blame it's just the way our life was and that's the way our family unit was set up but that's never the role that I experienced or never the role that I witnessed so I could never see the value in that role either for me the value of being a woman was growing up and going out into work or creating a business and being the breadwinner and 
you know, the idea of being someone who was at home with children or who enjoyed taking care of the home, I completely rejected. And I saw it, I would say I was quite staunchly feminine um, or I was quite staunch into feminism as a kind of young adult because I really did not value or see the use in that role of being a woman and I felt that it was almost a putting down of my independence and my value to the world by staying at home or caring for a home and so that was one part and then the other part was I really rejected my feminine self and I rejected my innate femininity so I was not in tune with my intuition I completely disconnected from my creativity I connected from that flow and that learning to tune into my body and my needs learning when I needed to rest learning when I was happy to do more um you know trusting myself and honoring myself and my body and my needs and I guess it's kind of as time has gone on and and particularly then when I met my partner and as time went on and our relationship developed and we moved in together and we lived together and I know at the beginning of us living together, I had such strong views and opinions of being a woman and my role of being a woman in a relationship and in a partnership and in a family unit. And I know for a long time that caused a lot of disagreements and it caused a lot of kind of strife in our relationship because if there was ever a request from my partner for something to do with cooking or cleaning or anything really that involved the home, I would instantly have my back up and I would instantly be angry because I had this kind of inner fire and inner rage of being told what to do, even though I wasn't told, you know, I was politely asked or, um, requested but I had this rage of being told what to do by a man and I had this real inner anger that it was like I do what I want when I want to do it and I will not be told otherwise and this just does not work in a relationship you know a relationship is give and take a relationship is learning to honor different parts of each person in relationship it's learning to understand which roles you do like which roles you don't like which roles you would like to step into more which roles you'd rather give to a partner it's learning to understand your strengths and weaknesses and then it's also learning that at times in relationship and in partnership we do have to do some things that really we may not love to do but that is the sacrifice of being in relationship and that is the flow of choosing a partnership and choosing to merge two lives together. And so it's really interesting because I found myself that even if it was things that I like to do, so I innately like to cook, I love cooking, I love baking. If there was a request from my partner for me to cook, I was immediately rejecting the idea and I immediately did not want to do it. And so anyway, it took a lot of really um, learning 
and unpacking all of this stuff and tuning into myself and reconnecting with my feminine nature to understand how much I was acting and reacting out of this sort of learned feminism and this sort of rejection of any sort of a role that was innately feminine. Um, and so as time's gone on, that has really changed for me, you know, as I've connected more deeply into my feminine essence and into my feminine nature, I know for a fact that when I have children, I do not want to be gone all day. You know, I want to be at home with my children. I want to be caring for my home. I want to be fulfilling my desires and I guess breaking the pattern of allowing myself to be in be deeply in my feminine essence and to share with children the value of a feminine role model and the value of really being in tune with your own body, your own self, your own life. And again, when we drop into this feminine nature and when we drop into what we really deeply want and need for our lives in partnership, we can then drop into this sacred dance between the masculine and the feminine. And if you're in a partnership with male and female like I am, you learn this sacred dance that is as old as time you know, you learn the roles of the male and the female. You learn the sacred roles and you learn that when we really allow ourselves to be in our own nature and then to choose our roles from our deepest nature, there's a softening and there's a connection because we value each other's roles and we value and we see that that person, that person that you love, that person that you were in relationship with is so deeply connected to their own nature that it just creates a softening and an opening. And now when we bring it back to the question, has feminism negatively impacted our feminine nature? We see that from my perspective and in my life, my own life, feminism did and has really impacted me dropping into and allowing myself to exist within my feminine nature and if I allowed myself to continue this um, belief and this these ideas that my rights need to be equal to the men and to every man and I need to be equal and I need to have exactly half and we need to be able to do exactly the same as men if I really act from that belief, I could quite easily force myself back into a role that I'm actually at the deepest level not wanting. You know, I can see how if I've really allowed myself to disconnect from my own innate wants and my own innate needs and my feminine nature, I could then push myself back into a more masculine role in the household, in in my life, in my partnership. I can push myself back into that role of doing constantly. I can push myself into 
not wanting to do any of the household tasks that I deem unfair. I can start arguing with my partner a lot more. And not only that, but if I allow the opinions of others and the opinions of sort of a deeply held belief and narrative get in, I can then start to reject my own wants and my needs my own innate femininity and I can actually begin to shame myself into not trusting what I want and need what I believe to be right for myself my partner my family and I can push myself back into the mainstream to prevent those feelings of shame and those feelings of stepping outside of what is now considered the norm from my own experience when a woman is deeply in her masculine when she is rejecting her feminine nature and when she is showing up and experiencing life in a deeply masculine way it is almost impossible not to demasculate partners close male friends colleagues anyone who is surrounding that female when a female is very deeply entrenched in the masculine men around will be emasculated and so what do I mean by this well emasculation of men is something that I think is being done more and more in today's society so along with I guess the awareness of toxic masculinity and the awareness of the negative impact of sort of extreme masculinity and you know men being expected to shut down their emotions and not cry and not be emotionally available and sort of block out anything that veers on the line of feminine or effeminate and sort of with that now it seems like we've moved in the opposite direction whereby many men are being expected to take on the role and standard sort of feminine traits and so from what I can see there's this almost push from the modern man to move out of the masculine role and move out of anything which sort of borders on masculine and kind of effeminates and really emasculates men it seems like it's become a really hot topic at the moment and something that I've noticed in my own life and interactions with people is that there seems to be this real blurring of gender roles in our society now And, you know, I think part of this is very necessary. You know, the roles of men and women have changed as years have gone on and as, you know, women have been able to move into the world of what used to be sort of men or men's worlds. And of course, that's amazing. And men then have switched into more, quote unquote, female roles as they were seen in the past. However, there is undoubtedly traits and roles of sort of males and females which have always been and will always be that way and so you know some of these things are 
for example, how men and women interact with children. Uh, This is something that I've paid attention to a lot recently is this, how men will interact with their boy children. And so there's a thing where, you know, there's a lot of rough play. There's a lot of kind of picking up and throwing around and sort of rough and tumble. And, you know, this is something that's really interesting because as women, and I'll speak for myself, this is something that I've noticed in my own life, you know, there's this feeling and sense that it's so rough and it's too much and, you know, it's just a bit, it's a bit harsh and it's a bit rough. And however, we've actually now learned the importance of rough and tumble and sort of rough play for boys in their development You know, there's lots of research now to show that rough and tumble play with dads, particularly it helps all children, but particularly boys to learn to regulate their behavior and their emotions. And it's shown that it enhances their cognitive and language development through this kind of play. And it's also been seen that boys that grow up without a male role model in their lives really miss out on this development. And it's important to kind of note that in ch- in children's development, there is really room for both kinds of play and both kinds of behavior with children. So, for example, this kind of rough and tumble play is something that a lot of men just automatically and naturally do with kids. And the kind of softer, more gentle, more emotive and... um sort of imaginative play is generally something that women will automatically move into that role of when they're engaging with children. When this is missed, it can often really show in children's behavior and in the ability of children to regulate their emotions. And it kind of sounds counterintuitive, but what can often happen is then children will grow up and not really understand the abilities and their physical strength so they can then grow up and end up inadvertently hurting other children or you know being too rough because they haven't been able to explore their own boundaries around this kind of rough and tumble play and now we've also the research also shows that for girls rough and tumble play is important because it shows girls a way to make their voice heard and this is all you know psychological stuff so The kind of backing behind this is about children being able to explore aggression in a safe play setting and learning their own boundaries and the bounds of themselves and others and also learning about appropriate behavior. And this can really support children moving forward to become more sociable adults. And when we bring this back to the gender roles, the reason why this kind of fits into this conversation around gender is because this kind of play is something that personally I've only ever seen naturally be done by men. Not to say that it can't be done by women, but it's a natural inclination that men will play in more of this way, in more of this rough and tumble, pulling around, pushing around, you know, picking up and throwing around play. That tends to happen a lot more naturally for men. And so then when we kind of bring it back to this emasculation of men and this sort of um, 
I don't know if it's an agenda is the right word, but but this kind of losing of masculinity around men, this can really have an impact not only on men themselves, but actually on future generations moving forwards. And while, of course, it's amazing this push and this change in men becoming more emotionally intelligent and also teaching their kids about emotional regulation and speaking kindly and, you know, allowing their children to cry and express their emotions in really important ways. It's also okay and important for men to maintain those quote unquote masculine roles and inherent ways of being that are kind of evolutionary and are kind of things that are made for a purpose and will continue to filter down and support the development of children moving forwards. So there's a lot to this. There's a lot to this conversation. And I'm sure, pretty sure that there will be people who don't like this episode. And I've sat with that for quite a while and I've realized that I'm quite comfortable to speak on this topic because it is something that I feel is really important to share about and to speak about. And so I hope you've gained something from this episode and I will speak to you next week. Thanks, Mel. Bye. Thank you for listening to No Time for Small Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, share and leave a review. Remember to follow our Instagram, No Time for Small Talk, for extra resources and to be the first to hear about upcoming guests or events. If you would like to connect or find out more about my work, you can find me on Instagram at Ruma Integrative or by emailing ruma-connect at outlook.com. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye for now.